I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. So a girl walks into a men's bathroom. True story, bro. We've got some fun things we're nerding out about. I can't wait to share them with you, including some health experiments and some theories that I have that might be interesting for you. We're going to be reviewing Dark Phoenix. That's the newest X-Men movie, by the way, as well as Men in Black International. And oh, what a cool unleashing of the superhero story that I've got to share with you. So stay tuned for that. Let's rock it. Let's rock it. You gave me shivers, Brian. <laughs> let's, let's rock. Say it again. Let's rock let's it. Let's rock it. Oh, no, you know, that's not the same. Oh, was it like, let's rock it? Something not, like that. It wasn't even that. Let's rock it. Is that better? <laughs> it just, it, it was in the moment and now it's gone. Oh, my Never God. Mind. I was going to be like, let's rock it. <laughs> Come on. Let's rock it. Does anybody even talk like that anymore? You know, the, the whole yes. Valley Girl thing? Yes. They do? Okay. Yeah. Where? Yeah, there's a guy at my grocery store in the pharmacy. Uh, he works as, in, a, in the pharmacy. The most effeminate man I've ever met in my entire life. It's like over the top. It's hilarious. He's cool. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. And he's still there. So people clearly like him. Uh, but he's super uh, just out there. That's so funny. So, you know, I find he that does talk like that. There are some people all. In fact, when I was, where was I? I don't know. I was walking around. And I just, I heard a guy walk by and you know how some people just completely flaunt their personality, whatever it is. And it's yes. just like way over the top. I mean, he's totally doing this. And I just thought, man, that's hilarious. I, it's funny to, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I should like applaud it or it, it, I mean, what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah, what it just is. Just nod your head and smile. But see, nod it makes me smile. laugh and it not in a, not in a, I'm making fun of you way. It's more right. of a. This is just hilarious. Is he an that's actor? The, that's the pharmacist guy. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Father? It's it's funny, but I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing like, wow, that's really out there. So, yeah, you know, you're just having a good time, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> it's like, father, I want to be a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Good times. So, good times. Well, I'll have to explain something in a minute. But so around Colorado, I see a lot of people who are trying to be different you know how you say be the real you and some people say okay i'm gonna embrace the real me and then you take the example well yeah everybody's different everybody's got the real aspect of themselves but then you've got the example of your pharmacist person who takes their personality and turns it up to like 50 so forget 11 i mean they've they've we've turned it up to 11 they've turned it up to 50 and they're doing whatever but i've seen more I'm not going to say weird, bizarre, strange or anything like that because I actually like people like that. (laughs) So there's there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to say I've seen more unique personalities here in Colorado than I do in Las Vegas nowadays, which is shocking. Now, granted, I don't walk the strip as much as I used to when I'm out there for those conferences. Did you use that voice when you walked the strip, Brian? When I was like, I don't walk the strip anymore. When you walked the streets back in your youth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to walk the streets of Vegas <laughs> at midnight. 
in the early 2000s, you could have uh, you could have had Brian if you went to Vegas. Um, well, I wasn't there in the early 2000s, and I was definitely not a pimp. So, <laughs> no. well, I wasn't talking about a pimp. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Don't worry. Walk in the streets of Strip in Vegas. Yep, I was yep. not cheap though. I'll tell you that much. So anyway, no, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I wasn't what they would call a man of the night. You know, you'd say like a, a woman of the night. Mm-hmm. We just went downhill. No, oh, I thought that was awesome. Keep going. <laughs> okay, first of all, welcome, Captain Influence. Thank you, real Brian. I appreciate it. I just want to say congrats to the Raptors and all you Raptor fans out there. Suck it, Miss Ice. <laughs> I feel really bad for Kevin Durant and for Clay Thompson. You never want to see that no matter what. For those of you unaware what happened, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, which is really bad. That's at least nine to 10 months recovery, if not close to a year. I know one basketball player for sure that tore or ruptured. I guess it's ruptured in Achilles is what it is. That was Dominique Wilkins back in the 90s. He ruptured his Achilles and came back and still was able to play at his level. But almost every other basketball player has never been the same after rupturing an Achilles. And actually, that's what ended Kobe Bryant's career. He came back and just couldn't play. So they're really? thinking that the same injury. Yep. And, and that's Kobe. I didn't know that. That's why he okay. retired. You know, people are saying, well, Kevin Durant's so good that he'll still be a great basketball player. And yes, that is for sure. But. He's an explosive jumper. You know, the whole, what do they call that? Uh, plyometrics. Is that, is that correct? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that the term? <laughs> Sounds important. Tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Well, hopefully that's the term. If it's not, you know, spider pan will correct us, but the one where you explosively jump up. So a lot of times you'll jump onto a chair, you'll jump onto a, a stair or something like that. And it helps you with your jumping with basketball and, you know, fast twitch kind of stuff. And your Achilles tendons definitely involved in that. Yeah. So they're saying he just won't have that ability. I mean, he might, you never know, but he'll have to leap from half court and fly like Jordan. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be a good idea. So anyway, that's a very sad thing. And then of course, Clay Thompson tore his ACL, which I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's just like some, some serious injuries. Yeah. So anyway, I feel terrible for those guys. And honestly, if those guys were full strength, we would have had a different series, but at the same time, I'm still happy for the Raptors because they've never been yes. in the finals and of course they've never won before. So that's cool. And it's nice to have anybody other than golden state <laughs> win it. So yeah, well, things are going to change like the next Patriots year. every dang year. So yeah. I always root for whoever's against the Patriots at the end. I always root for them. Well, it's looking like well, Anthony Davis, who is the superstar from the Pelicans, the new Orleans Pelicans is now going to the Lakers to join LeBron James. So you've oh, got wow. two superstar powerhouses now that are teaming up. I'm like, oh my gosh, keep stacking the West, baby. Whatever. <sighs> All right. High five, Brian. High five. High five. Smack. Smack. Random, <laughs> random NBA finals. High five. I love it. All right. Yeah. So this girl walks into the men's bathroom. True story. I'm sitting there. I'm washing my hands and I see this out of the corner of my eye, this womanly figure with long hair. I look up and you know, she's, I don't know probably 20. I look up. She looks up. She looks at me. Her eyes go like really big, like deer in the headlights. She's like, Nope. <laughs> Turns around and walks out. God, I was starting to sound like a kinks song for was, a second. There. <laughs> a kinks, man. That's some, man, some old school. You looked up. She looked up. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what anyway. would be a good kinks song. I like the kinks, man. Those <laughs> they're, the they're 60s. The specific song. 
Oh man, good good times. Nineteen sixties; those were good years. Yeah, super short story, but that was hilarious. Welcome to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> it was classic. At least, nope. <laughs> at least you weren't. Tell you what, Brian. At least you weren't holding on to your special purpose when she walked in. That well, door. I was thankful that I was washing my hands only. Yes, because there were yeah, other so. dudes in the stalls, but yeah, nobody at the urinals, which was thankful, and so she didn't. You know. Although, okay, here's no another. Harm, no here's another true story. I walk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This one shocked me. I walk into the bathroom at the theater while going to see dark Phoenix and men in black, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about here in a little bit. The first thing I see is this kid. I don't know, probably 12 years old, 13 or whatever buck naked standing at the urinal. I'm like, what? Oh my, like he was a teenager. No, no, no. I said, well, probably like 12 year old. Well, I, maybe he was 10. I mean, he was younger. It's still old enough to not be completely naked. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, he had a shirt. I realized he had a shirt on, but I'm like, oh, my, wow. I did not want to see that. Oh, and then, so he just, he just dropped trowel. He dropped his pants at the urinal. Okay. And I'm like, uh, we don't do that, dude. <laughs> you, no, no, we don't oh, do that. That's funny. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm like, if you're going to drop your trousers, man, go into a stall. I did not need to see that. Jeez. So yeah, that was bizarre. I've never seen that in my life and I was not in Vegas. I would have said if that was in Vegas, I'd be like, oh, well, welcome to Vegas. But all the, I'm all the Europeans listening are rolling their eyes right now. It's like, really Americans. Oh, you're such prudes. Well, it's true because when I was, and in, we know, we know when I was in Taiwan, they have squatty potties, which basically is a, it looks like a urinal in the floor. It's just basically a hole in the floor, but it's an actual toilet. Uh-huh. And you squat over it. There's no seat and there's also no doors and no stalls at all. Don't it's go a, to Thailand. Taiwan. It's a it's a giant bathroom. Taiwan. And there are urinals on the walls and squatty potties Formosa. on the floors and there's no privacy and women do walk in and out of there, especially if they're cleaning the bathroom. There is no shame, no privacy at all and nobody mm-hmm. cares. I could not go there, but good for them. I was like, nope, I'm not using that. I'm going to go back to a Western toilet in the hotel. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine, that's fine. but that's it's totally where we're awesome. at. Yeah. It's, we're just always back. Funny. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No well, you know, it's cultural. I, I can't blame exactly. them for having those cultural traditions or whatever. I don't know if it's tradition no. or whatever, but <laughs> tradition, you know, traditions a hundred years ago, our ancestors went to the bathroom without privacy. That's yeah. the way we do it. I don't know. Heck fire. Heck fire daggum and tell you what. So I did go to Vegas. That's why. Well, that wasn't the only reason, but last week we had no show. It was sad. We went for that conference. This is the third year and Daryl Darnell was out there. He was doing the editing side of things for them and I was doing the hosting side of things and it's always so much fun. They put us up at the Venetian. I absolutely love that casino hotel. It's amazing. Yeah, it's such a great client. They're wonderful people and it's really cool because I mean, I'm really in my element because that's an extrovert. I get to interact with, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people, depending on, you know, who goes through there. They're from all over the world. I, I mean, I love interacting with people from other countries. You know, you learn things, you're trying to pronounce their names, you're trying to understand their accents. They've got different cultural. I mean, it's just so cool to me. And so I'm just totally in my element. I'm nerding out. I'm learning new things from these people that do all kinds of different things around the world with various technologies and stuff that just helps us all in this world. It's so cool. And every night I come out of there and I'm just like completely exhausted, but I realized I was exhausted physically and mentally, but not emotionally. And it was weird because I've never separated those two before. Usually you think you're exhausted long day. Oh, you know, if I'm emotionally exhausted, 
I'm not in a good place. Like I feel like, Oh, I just want to go crawl into a hole and sleep for the next three weeks, which is not good. Yeah. Right. That's or, an interesting differentiation between emotional and, and mental. mental. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm mentally exhausted, it means I did what I was meant to do today. I'm exhausted because I utilized my gifts and my, I don't know, passions, abilities, whatever you want to call it to the fullest. And I am now tired from that. And that's a really good feeling. Like I feel good. I'm breathing deeply. I'm not stressed. Interestingly, I was emotionally invigorated even though I was exhausted mentally and physically. So I was like filled up. My cup was filled up. I was feeling great. I was happy, joyful, doing what I do, right? Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And what I've realized is that, of course, you know, in Vegas, you walk like 50 miles a day because those places are so big. So you gotta be skinny in Vegas. I'm going to tell you what you, you just walk constantly there. So physically we're exhausted, you know? Oh my gosh. I set records on my, you know, activity tracker on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> was That's awesome. awesome. That's good. I've noticed that when I am not physically exhausted, I have physical energy, you know, restless leg syndrome or something like that. When I'm not mentally exhausted, then I'm more stressed or I'm feeling like I didn't accomplish what I should have done or did what I was meant to do kind of thing, which then drains me emotionally. So my cup is more quote empty. I have a theory now that if you can find a way to mentally exhaust yourself and physically exhaust yourself as much as possible on a regular basis, do something that fills you up though. If you can mentally and physically exhaust yourself, that is invigorating emotionally, then you should be in a really good place. And I know it's not going to be like that every day. We have responsibilities Things aren't always fun, but if there's a way that we can do that, I think on a regular basis, I think we'll all be in a much better place. So think about that. Yeah. That was a theory I have. I'm not sure if it's scientifically proven. It probably is because it makes sense, but I'm going with that. Now, going on to some other things that I thought was interesting is, you know, I've mentioned the heart palpitations that I've had ever since the crazy prednisone dose. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The palps have lessened over the last year and a half because it was a year and a half ago. I think I took that. But in Vegas, I had less palpitations and they were still there, particularly when I was tired, but it was a lot less than normal. So I was thinking, hmm, okay, what's changed? Well, the, as I said, the the less stress thing, I was mentally and physically exhausted and not emotionally. That was a factor. Things also weren't as chaotic. I was kind of focused more on one to a couple things at a time rather than 40,000 things typically going on every day. I was at a lower altitude and therefore had more oxygen. And then because I was mentally and physically exhausted, I think my quality of sleep was better. Unfortunately, I slept less hours, but I think during the hours that I was actually in bed, I was sleeping better. So those are the factors that I can think of that were different than normal. So my theory here is that how much does oxygen help us? Because they've proven that oxygen, you know, helps the cells and body to regenerate and heal faster. That's why there's oxygen therapy. And so, you know, question is, is that if you live at a higher altitude, are we hardier or are we not healing and regenerating as quickly? So do people at low altitudes do better? Is it good to get oxygen therapy? I know that hyperbaric chambers, you know, getting into a correct one, of course, I know there's some, some good ones and some bad ones, but getting into a good hyperbaric chamber can really help to heal the body faster. So how much does oxygen help? And of course, I'm absolutely convinced that stress, especially emotional stress, And mental stress, too, in a bad way. You know, I think it's one of the main culprits to most health-related problems. I really do. In fact, I think even doctors have said that most of, I think, 80-something percent of doctor's visits are actually only (laughs) stress-related. 
Hmm. Isn't that interesting? I, so yeah, I, that's a, that is an interesting statistic. I wonder how accurate it is. It could be underestimating, for all I know. But True. that's an awfully high percentage. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, like I'm all I'm all about attitude, and as you know, your mental approach to things and overcoming things that way just by having the right attitude about it, and it sh- certainly could apply physically as well. So yeah, as far as oxygen goes, just at the risk of sounding completely ignorant because I don't know what I'm talking about right now, but I can't imagine that too much of it could be bad for you whereas too little of it is definitely bad for you so yeah actually i think too much can be bad for you i think that's what they talk about if a hyperbaric chamber is not made correctly it can Mm. over oxygenate you and kill you oh interesting i don't know if it kills you but i know it can really hurt you so yeah there's a there's a balance i don't know what that makes perfect sense by the way i just like I said, I don't really know what I'm talking about. So sure. Yeah. And I've only done basic reading on it. So I know the theories behind it. I know some of the studies they've done, but when it comes to the science, I, I mean, I don't know that, but I'm thinking more oxygen is good, less stress. And then I'm going to do everything in my power to mentally and physically exhaust myself, but not emotionally. I'm going to start trying that and see how it goes. So if anyone else is on board with me and wants to try it, let me know because I would love to do like a little, you know, personal experiments and uh, see how we all fare. Maybe it'll be awesome. Maybe it'll be good and we'll have some good stories to share. So let us know. Make it happen. All right. So in Vegas, it was like I said, great time with the client. They were super happy. And of course we were able to find some time to do a couple things, which, you know, it's, it's a pretty busy week. We were only there for a few days, so we didn't have a lot of time in and out burger, man. It's funny. There are some people that were like in and out. I don't see what all the fuss is about. This stuff sucks. <laughs> okay. Interesting. We're all different. That's okay. It's not gourmet food, but it's no. it's pretty good fast food. I got to tell you. It's better than McDonald's and Wendy's and most of those places. But yeah, I mean. It all depends on your taste, to be perfectly honest. It's true because the thing I like about in and out is that everything is made fresh. The vegetables are crunchy. They're fresh. They actually have flavor. The burgers are never frozen. The potatoes are actually like cut right in front of you and fried right in front. So everything is fresh. I don't know what the quality of all that stuff is. They make their buns, by the way. They never freeze them. So it just tastes better to me. But whatever. And I've been told by somebody who seems to know what they're talking about that uh, In-N-Out is is unique in how they treat their employees. They give them benefits, basically, rather than your typical fast food restaurant where it's basically a starter job or a retirement job where you don't you don't necessarily get benefits unless you're a manager. So yeah, that's true. It's a good company. The second night, that's where we got to interestingly enough, there's a Italian restaurant in the Venetian that's good food. We somehow I said, can we sit next to a window? Because the entire day we had not seen the outside of that hotel. So we sat next to a window. It turns out we were right next to the band. And it was two guys playing, you know, some good classic kind of rat pack style music. Dude, they were so fantastic. It was a keyboardist huh. slash singer and then the drummer, and they were both so good. I mean, we've seen live music in Colorado, but it's usually kind of that coffee shop style. And here yeah, it's right. like, man, these guys should be performing. And then I thought, it's wait, Vegas. we're in Vegas. Yeah, you've got good musicians <laughs> and performers in Vegas, and these guys are good enough in Colorado to be on stage. But in Vegas, they're good enough for a restaurant. They really were fantastic. Got a chance to talk with them and you know, nerd out a little bit on the music side of things. And he asked for some requests, but man, the guy sounded like Sinatra almost identical. It was amazing. Cool. Really good stuff. So that was just kind of an unexpected little surprise of fun, awesome performance right in front of us. Right after that, Daryl and I went over to do the new augmented reality thing. I talked about this last year with star Wars. 
Yep. Uh, the Empire one. So this one we did. It's the original one, and it was Ghostbusters. You know, the void. That's what they're called. So this one's older than the Star Wars one. Yes, this was their first okay. one. So okay. some of the stuff was a little bit, you know, behind the times when it comes to that. And they told us that. They said, you know, with with Star Wars, you can look down and your body is a stormtrooper. You know, you put your hand up and you're actually wearing stormtrooper gloves and all that. That's neat. With yeah. this one, you don't see your body at all. You see your gun, which is your proton blaster. You see that, but it's just floating in midair. But if I look right. over at Daryl, he's a full person in Ghostbusters get up. Is it his face or is it some avatar face? Oh, it's someone else. Okay. Yeah. And like when we were stormtroopers, we all had helmets on and stuff like that, but of course, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's stuff. is so cool. It just blows me away. I don't want to give too much away, but I just want to say this. You smell cooked marshmallow. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm <That's> gonna, awesome. <laughs> but you know, the cool what part good, about the Ghostbusters is touch. Yeah, you can blast anything. Yes, you can cross the streams. You know, you can destroy anything that's in the room that you're in. Oh, it's awesome. And then creepy girl ghost. Oh, man, that was scary in a good way. I didn't feel this, but she walked through Daryl. You know, you wear a, a big chest backpack kind of thing, chest piece backpack. He said that he felt her walk through her like everything started vibrating like you could feel the ghost and ah. I was like no way and then when she walked through me I didn't feel anything but I think it was already quote over so ah. I, I missed it but he was like that was creepy feeling so neat you know think about that if you're if you ever do it make sure you're the first one to be where she walks through you but what an interesting time to live where that that sort of technology that's going to be so important in everyday life yeah 10 years from now oh, is it's in its infancy yeah yeah. And by so, the way, for those of you unfamiliar with augmented reality, it is virtual reality with feel, smell, heat, you know, wind, stuff like that. So it's yeah. you're not just with virtual reality. You see it with augmented reality. You feel it and you smell it. So it's very interesting. Like when we did the Star Wars one, when we were on planet Mustafar, which is the lava planet, you actually smelled sulfur. Oh, neat. So there's a lot of wow. really cool stuff that augmented reality does. And like you said, it infancy my only gripe is that it was too short like 15 minutes okay so i think the star wars one was 20 to 25 minutes or something these things should be 30 minutes minimum because you know you're just starting to get into it and immerse into it and that's over and you're like whoa yeah that's too short and it's not that it leaves you wanting more it leaves you feeling gypped a little bit so if they went to a 30 minute it would still leave you wanting more but you'd feel like you got what you it was worth right I understand, but they're balancing overhead, you know, space, you know, of course they're floor space with, with a number of people they can get through in a day and all that. So yeah, that was part of their equation, I'm sure, but it would be lovely if they could be like an hour long and some of them will be someday. So yeah, for sure. Shout out to Mr. Mr. What Jason Cabassi. We got the real Italian gelato again, and he's the one who kind of introduced all of us to that way back. So thanks, man. Nice. And then we got to hang out with our friend Tim, who has been listening to The Real Brian Show. We need to find a superhero name for him. So Tim, shout out. So thanks, Tim. He took us out. He's got this sweet, it's a Jeep Cherokee. I think it's a Trailhawk. I think it's what it's called. But anyway, sweet car. He takes us out for a ride. He takes us out into Vegas away from the Strip because locals hate the Strip. So he took us out to, of course, Giordano's Pizza, which, oh my gosh, that's so uh. oh, just glorious, glorious cheese, man. Oh, it was so good. So we we had a great time. Great conversation. He showed us around some of the local places, which I appreciate. You know, it's like, hey, this is yeah. cool. Vegas is a nice place when you're outside of the strip. 
but he's going to be coming on the show soon. So we definitely, definitely need to have a, a superhero name for him. Well, I was thinking, how about, and I know I have, I have a good track record for these sticking, but if it doesn't <laughs> stick, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. But how about, how about Tim the Enchanter? Ooh. And then when he comes on, we can even play that soundbite from the Holy Grail. There are some who call me Tim <laughs> when he comes on. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Okay, Tim, if you're a Monty Python and the Holy Grail fan, Tim the Enchanter, let us know. And if that's not if that's not a good fit for you, man, then uh, get, give us some ideas. We'll have some fun here. Yeah, whatever you want to be called, we're all for it. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. I can't wait to bring him on. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, good guy. So, all right. Well, I mean, like I said, we didn't get to do a lot in Vegas just because it's such a packed time with this other stuff. But those were some of the fun highlights, and it was nice. And what was really cool, and I and I said this earlier, we just didn't see a lot of bizarre stuff, which was really refreshing. That's something that I love about staying in the Venetian is that it's usually a lot classier. People are a lot more respectful and respectable, for that matter, too. So you know, it's a good experience. Yeah, good times, good trip. Yeah, man. I'm glad you had fun. All right, we're going to get to our reviews for Dark Phoenix and Men in Black International here in just a second, but I want to share a really, really cool story of people who have unleashed their superhero. Shout out to some really cool women, by the way. I follow various podcasting groups on Facebook. This one popped up that I thought was really funny, and as a new podcaster, he's posting about his upcoming show that he's working on. It's really, honestly, a very cool idea. It's a show about giving women a man's perspective on dating. So when a woman is looking to date and she's like, man, I wish I could figure out men better. He's trying to give these women a man's perspective so that she can go out and have, you know, a little bit more information on dating men, which is, I think is great by the way. Um, But (laughs) that's not how he presented it. He said, my show is about dating advice for women. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which, which, of course, obviously did not come Instant, off very well. Yeah. yeah. And of course, quite a few women jumped on this. were like, whoa, bad idea. Terrible. Yeah. Women aren't going to listen to that. Why would any woman listen to a man? Who does he think he is? Stuff like that. And honestly, I felt terrible for this guy because he was super nice. He was yeah. just innocently saying, well, here's what I'm trying to do. And I'm looking for some advice. And he just got attacked, man. Yeah. And and he was. Yeah. So I felt terrible for him. But as I was reading into it a little bit more, I'm like, that's not what he meant. He just doesn't know how to convey this quite accurately yet. So I was getting ready to jump on and say, hold on, stop, stop bashing this guy, you know, like, but I read a little bit further and I realized that a few, I mean, literally as I'm reading this, a a few awesome women were jumping in on the conversation and I don't know these people at all, by the way, Mm -hmm. they course corrected the conversation, trying to explain what he was trying to say, what I, what I told you. So they were saying, here's what he's trying to say. And by the way, we as women would listen to his show because it's great to get a man's perspective about dating other men. Why would I ask a woman about advice? Like if I'm a woman, why would I ask other women about advice on dating men? Why wouldn't I go straight to men and say, okay, how do men think? What do men want? Stuff like that. Same thing is true for if I'm a man and I'm wanting to date a woman, I'm not going to go ask my bros for advice because they're probably going to give me bad advice. I'm going to go to a woman and ask for advice. Well, how do women think? How should I, you know, do things for women? You know what I'm saying? Like that makes perfect sense. So I loved it. So one in a world of negative Facebook posts in a world of extraordinarily sensitive people in a world of bashing people, when they say something that was just not entirely accurate, I was so proud of these women who stepped up 
and presented an incredibly positive and balanced viewpoint and said, this is what he meant. I'm supporting him. Let's help him. Let's give him positive and constructive feedback rather than ripping him down. And so two, I think that this podcaster to be was hugely encouraged because definitely initially he was feeling defeated for sure. So well done. Awesome women who shall not be named for unleashing your superhero. That was just such an awesome thing to see. That was a good story. Thanks, man. Cool story, bro. It's a good example for us, for all of us to follow. So there you go. Unleash your superhero. And I didn't even get to interview those awesome women, but those awesome women are forever immortalized here on the real Brian show. Those awesome women. Sounds like a, it's like a show band. title. I was going to say, yeah, those awesome women. <laughs> you know, we could. I was thinking about uh, naming this episode. What happened in Vegas redacted, <laughs> which actually could be good too. those awesome women. That's a, that's a great one too. So shall we talk dark Phoenix? Oh, let's do let's Brian. Okay. okay. So this was really cool. Captain influence said, I'm going to go see dark Phoenix. Of course I was gone with Vegas. So I was going, Oh my gosh, I got to see this before we record. Looked at the show times. Johnny pistol shot and I were going to go, you know, we typically go later at night just so we don't interfere with family time and stuff like that. And the, the latest show time they had was seven, seven thirty, which is really unusual. And I was like, shoot, how are we going to yeah. go to that one? He said, you know what? I can do it. And if you want, we can make it a double feature and see men in black international <laughs> back to back. And I'm like, I've never done that. Let's do it. That'll be awesome. So wow. we went to dark Phoenix at seven thirty. men in black international at nine 45. It was so much fun. Totally going to do that again. God, you're making, bringing me back to high school, Brian. Did you used to do you that? Guys did a dumb, oh, yeah. I did that a few oh. times when I was a kid. Nice. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. I mean, I yeah, highly recommend it. I couldn't do it now, though. I don't have the stamina for it. Really? Yeah. I just uh, One mm. movie is enough for me these days. In fact, I can barely get through one at yeah. home. I usually watch movies in segments. I can yeah. rarely sit through a whole movie anymore. I do that so. at home, too. You know, I, I, I do segments as well. When I'm at a theater, I don't mind. I was starting to get restless toward the end of the movie, for sure. But anyway, when I'm in a fun. theater, I'm totally fine the whole time because it's an event. My Mentally, I'm totally. there for a movie. So, All right. Give us your thoughts on the Dark Phoenix. All right. I enjoyed it. There was no point in the movie where I thought I wanted to get the hell out of here. But there just wasn't that much thought that went into the plot, I thought, for mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix. The battle scenes throughout the movie were not very well choreographed, in my opinion. They felt really gratuitous, like they were just there because they had to be there, which is totally different from the Avengers-based films, in my opinion. And even previous X-Men films, most of which I thought were really good. In fact, I think all of them, in my opinion, have been great. I've loved all of them. Until this one. I thought that the villains were really vague. They weren't really that well explained. Again, just kind of gratuitous villains, like in Wonder Woman, in my opinion. They introduced the early 90s setting really early in the movie, but they never really tried to capitalize on it like with the audience. Like, yeah. they've, like they've been doing like with Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and other movies like that. You know it's 1992 or something like that, and then that's it. You, just, you can't tell that from the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Average setting. There was a line spoken by Raven, uh, also Mystique, <laughs> that, I, that as soon as she said it, I thought Brian's going to hate that part. The last negative I have is just that Sophie Turner... She's just not the best actress. There's something off about her, and I can't really mm-hmm. put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. Something off about her screen presence. Yeah. And it always has been. Uh, even from the very first season of Game of Thrones on, I just haven't felt connected with her or something weird. I don't mm-hmm. know. The, the best thing about this movie, though, that I have to give huge kudos to was Hans Zimmer's score. Mm. I actually, it was really good. I actually noticed it throughout the film which I don't typically do in movies like that. Even when the scores are decent, I don't typically notice them. 
But this one caught my attention and I found, oh, it's Hans Zimmer. Okay. In summary with Dark Phoenix, that uh, it was a very mediocre film with a tremendous score that belonged on a much better film. Okay. That's what I got to say. Sweet. I appreciate that. Well, I actually agree with a lot of those things. First of all, I enjoyed it. Now, here's why. It's so funny because I've read the reviews. I've talked to a couple of other people that absolutely hated the movie. The reviews that were out there were really negative. I think some people said it was a meh ending to a great series, you know, because it's technically the last film. Right. Okay. I mean, who knows for sure if it really will be or not. They'll probably reboot it later. But here's my overall takeaway. Once again, people's expectations ruined the film for them. Here's why I say that. If you're going in with the knowledge that this is the last X-Men film in the series, so it will be awesome or it should be awesome. Well, yeah, your expectations are going to destroy the movie for you. If you're going in and saying that, well, the dark Phoenix storyline in the comics was amazing. And so it's going to be like that. Well, no, it's not. And so your, your expectations are going to ruin the film for you. If you go Mm -hmm. in and say, well, this is how it should be, or this is how I expect it to be, or this is what I remember. You're going to just have your expectations ruining the movie for you. So, if you go in like that, of course you're going to come out with a negative review. Right. And I think that's kind of what I saw because everybody's complaint about the movie that I've read, not yours because I thought yours were actually on par, but the complaints that I've heard from everyone else that did not enjoy the movie, it was about preconceived expectations that they went in with before seeing the movie. Oh, so interesting. Okay. There's, there's your problem. You know, you didn't write yeah, the movie, makes- so you don't get what you want. That's just the way it is. Having those high expectations for something like that, like it's similar to how all of us Game of Thrones fans had high expectations for the final season of Game of Thrones because every previous iteration had been so good, it makes sense to me to have those expectations. And if people are disappointed, similar to my, you know, how I am with uh, Star Wars, I went into Star Wars Episode Seven with extraordinarily high expectations because that franchise deserves excellence. Sure. Game of Thrones because they just gave it excellence for six seasons. Mm -hmm. Season seven deserved excellence. Mm -hmm. Why not continue that trend? Well, with X-Men, same thing. When the movie is written, not that great, and just kind of produced, not that great, and it's just, it really is a meh ending to that series. That's, That's a really good description for me. When a movie that is the end of a big punch like that whiffs it, You've got to be disappointed with that. So people who don't know much about the X-Men or never have seen another X-Men movie before that, you might have thought it was a pretty darn good film just because you didn't have that very justified, in my opinion, expectation that that bar that they had raised previously when they totally didn't even touch the bar that's justified, in my opinion. See, to me, I I was disappointed with Apocalypse. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. It was okay. okay. There was nothing wonderful about that movie. But Days of Future Past, now that, if they had ended the entire X-Men franchise with that film, dude, I would have been a happy man. That movie was, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, that was the best of the entire series. If they wanted to do Logan, of course, yes. as the one-off, that's fine. But to me, that was the ending of X-Men. That was the perfect ending. It was the perfect way to you know mesh both prequel characters and the original characters. Oh my gosh. What a great movie. 
the score in that movie. I can still hear the music in my head. It's so good. So there's so much about that movie that was just amazing. And Apocalypse didn't even come close. In fact, Apocalypse was like, well, that was a letdown compared to Days of Future really? Past. So that's why I didn't, you know, I went into Dark Phoenix with no expectations because I'm like, well, Apocalypse was was okay. And of course, I read every bad review. So I thought, well, I'm not going to expect anything. I'm just going to have fun entertainment. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was for me. It was a good time. We enjoyed it. We didn't have any major problems with it. I don't think Dark Phoenix, I don't think it deserved the hate that people are giving it because again, yeah. I think, and in fact, Johnny Pistol Shot put it this way. He said, nerds are getting too dang critical and they just want to <laughs> complain about everything these days. And I said, you know, it's true. And I think a lot of that is because we hear other criticism. And so we're jumping on that bandwagon. We're, we're bombarded with a lot of media these days, you know, where yeah. when the first X-Men came out in 1999, that was it. We had one X-Men film. <laughs> you know, We didn't yeah. have things to compare it to. We didn't have we're other things. Have, right, yeah, we're getting into that mode. It was 20 Brian. years ago, but I'm just saying that, <laughs> you know, if you look at the way things were different, then yeah. we didn't complain as much because we had less to compare it to. Now we have so much to compare things to that we complain about everything. Yeah, and that, the reality fair. is it's, it's entertainment. So whatever. Have fun. But, yeah. So you guys had fun. That's we all did. that matters. We really did. We had a good time, but I going along with what you said here, I agree. They, they did not take advantage of the early nineties setting at all. They should have, they could have, especially with Quicksilver's, you know, fun little, he's always the best character in those new movies. Oh my gosh. He's so awesome. The line that Raven spoke, it didn't piss me off. It just made me roll my eyes like, oh my gosh, come on. I, I, I whispered to my wife, I can hear Brian's eyes rolling. Oh, I know. It was just like, come on. You don't need that. But whatever. It was, really, the, it was very gratuitous, it, yes. Exactly. On the other hand, though, she had a point, but it was, sure. it was gratuitous. I didn't like that. I completely agree with Sophie Turner. I don't know her in much. This is really the only thing that I've seen her in because I don't watch Game of Thrones. Right. So I, and granted... Again, I'm comparing, like I just said, we have too much to compare to, but Jean Grey from the original X-Men movies was uh, Fomke Jansen. Dude, she's uh, awesome. I loved her. Oh, I loved her too. Like, and she, she was, was so, so good. good in so many ways. And in fact, this is something else Johnny mentioned is that when, when Fomke as Jean Grey was pissed off, you could see her anger. Like she looked evil and mean and it was like, oh my gosh, she's angry. But when Sophie was angry, you're like, I don't really believe it. And he said I f- he thought that they had to actually CGI her anger in a little bit. <laughs> and I said, yeah, she was just kind of like an empty character to me. She was kind of well, two dimensional. She's, she's yeah. really a laconic actress. And, and I think she's getting better. But yeah. she's, I don't know what it is about her. It's, I, I want to like her. I just. Yeah, yeah. And I don't by the way, to be fair, I don't know if she's a bad actress or not. And I'm not saying that she is, but maybe this was just not the right role for her. Or maybe it was written poorly. We don't really know all the background, but let's just say that what came across as Jean Grey just really wasn't there like it was with Fomke Jansen in the original X-Men. So wherever the fault lies, I don't know, but that's just what I saw too. The other thing that I wasn't sure about, and this is me needing to go back and rewatch Days of Future Past, they sure changed the timeline significantly in this movie where it will not meet up with the 99 X-Men. And I know it was on track to at some point, but I can't remember if in days of future past, they changed it enough that that's the case, but I could have sworn the people that were alive at the end of days of future past. Well, let's just say we're a little different than what happened with this movie. 
Okay. I'm not going to say what or who or anything like that. I'm just saying things were different. So they changed the timeline in this movie, which they went Star Trek on us. Yeah. And which I'm not sure if this is correct. If this was overlooked, if this was intentional, I don't know, but there was something about that that just kind of felt wrong to me. And that's where, again, I'm going to go back and rewatch some of the old movies and kind of see, and then we can maybe report back in on that. But I agree with you. The villains didn't have a whole lot because you mentioned the Hans Zimmer score on Slack. And so I went and listened to it and I was like, nah, it's okay. Compa- really comparing for Hans Zimmer. To me, this was one of his lower ones. Okay, fair enough. Hans Zimmer, you know, you look back at some of his classic scores and oh my gosh, they're incredible. So yeah. I was paying attention throughout the movie and I heard the score, but it wasn't days of future past quality for me. Okay. Uh, okay. Again, comparing. So see, and, I, and I don't remember the other one. So I, I need uh, to see days of future past again. So I can. Yeah, that one will give you chills. What man. It sounded like, yeah. But all in all, I enjoyed the movie and you know, really my, my gripes are minimal. I don't have a whole lot of problem with it. And I think if you go in with zero expectations and you just want to have a good time, have fun, enjoy it. Okay. So there was one particular fight scene. I'm just going to say train fight scene. Awesome. Yeah. I loved that fight scene. In fact, I even leaned over to Johnny and was like, that's one of the better fight scenes I've ever seen. Now choreography wise, I actually do agree. It wasn't as well choreographed as other movies, but there was something about that fight scene that just felt really intense that I didn't get from other movies as much. And I don't know if it's because they showcased their powers a little bit more in this one than they have in the past. They were working together. I don't know what it was, but there was something about it that I was just like, dude, that was awesome. Okay. Is it one of the best fight scenes ever? No, but for some reason I really enjoyed it. There you go. That's my thought. There you go. So double header men in black international. Now, same thing. Everybody was trashing the movie on the reviews. In fact, I think it's like a 5.7 on IMDb, but I'm like, dude, I love men in black. I don't care. I'm going to go see it anyway. I don't expect it to be Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Not at all. Those guys were (laughs) amazing. They had the best chemistry. It was a perfect fit and it's the original. So we're of course, we're going to compare it to the original. Yeah. The first men in black is classic. You're not going to ever match that two was a fun movie, but it wasn't one three was not even close to one, but it was a cool wrap up to that storyline. So I still liked it, even though it was nowhere near as good as one. And this one, dude, it's going to be different. It's not going to be the original men in black. I knew that going into it. Sure. So I enjoyed it. Same thing. In fact, Johnny's thoughts were they actually did a really good job keeping with the style and the world of men in black. So whether or not people like the movie or not, they actually did a good job. Danny Elfman did the score, which he did the original scores for the first three Mm -hmm. movies as well. So it was like total. The it was the men in black music. It was awesome. And I actually think people did a pretty good job. I didn't have any problems with it. Yes. Could they have done a little better on the story and the humor? Of course. But honestly, can you have a Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones duo? Probably not. That was someday. Someday they can maybe, but I mean, that was the perfect (laughs) crotchety meets, you know, cocky duo ever. Yeah, it was awesome. And no, you didn't have that in this movie, but it was still fun. They did miss out on some of the classic humor that they had in the original men in black, you know, like for example, the celebrities that were aliens like Michael Jackson and some of those, they did, I think two in this one, which was kind of funny, but it wasn't as much as they did in the first one, you know, some of the really hilarious stuff that they did with the aliens in the first one was much better than this. 
some of the aliens in this one didn't look quite as real as it did in the first one. I think they probably did more. Isn't with, that ironic? Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if they did more with, you know, puppets and um, I don't know, motion capture and then filled in with green screen in, in 97. But, you know, in this movie, you could tell it was all green screen and all CGI, which I just think actors have a harder time acting with that than they do with puppets and motion capture, whatever, you know? So in that sense, again, I'm comparing here. Was it as good as the original men in black? Not even close, but was it still fun? And was it still in the spirit of men in black? Yes. And I enjoyed it. And if you enjoy that, that universe, basically go have fun, turn your brain off. Have a great time. (laughs) I sure wish we had a salty movie review from a Johnny pistol shot on that one. Oh man. He was like, I actually liked both those movies. I don't have anything bad to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, when I was doing Aero Squad, I was becoming incredibly critical and I was just trying to find something to tear apart. The more time that's gone by from doing like a weekly review on a TV show, the less critical that I've been. I'm trying to be more intentional to go and enjoy because it's entertainment. I mean, that's what I got to keep reminding myself. We can sit here and criticize things all we want, but it's entertainment. I'm going to be entertained. I'm going to have fun. I am not going to look for something wrong to get pissed off and to walk out of there angry. Otherwise, why did I just spend that money and all that time going for entertainment just to get all upset about it? Good attitude. I mean, really? That's what I'm trying to do. Booyah. Man. So there you go. Smack. Clap. That was more of a clap. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. It was like a slap, slap, smack. Our hands hit just the right way. It clapped. That yeah. was sweet, dude. Yeah, it was sweet. Well, it has been a lot of fun. As always, we cannot end an episode without something really encouraging and deep. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. You know how they call pyrite fool's gold? You'd have to be an idiot to be fooled into thinking it might be real gold. Maybe they should have called it idiot's gold. The question is, do you think that the real Brian show is called a fool's podcast? No. Okay, good. Dork's podcast. Not, nah, not a fool. Not a dork. No, nah, you know, I, it was so funny. I was reading the whole every nobody agrees on these terms, by the way, but I was reading the dork versus nerd versus geek versus dweeb or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Dork's not a term we want to be associated with ever. Uh, nerd- Dweeb's not a term anyone's used seriously since 1989. Go on. <laughs> That's true. But still, people still define it. I think nerd and Weird. geek nowadays have become cool, and it's a good thing, but I've always said here I'm kind of a renaissance nerd in the sense of that I'm not a nerd only. I, I'm a renaissance man who is also a nerd. All this talk of nerds uh, is making me hungry. Uh, for nerds? Got a sweet tooth. Dude. Remember those things? Sweet tooth. Yeah. Dude, I haven't had nerds in years. Get them. They still sell them. You, you'd get, uh, when we were kids, we'd get them at the skating rink. Yeah. The roller skating rink. Oh, you remember those God, we're da- cookie oh, dough I'm bites? I'm so dating myself. Cookie dough bites? Oh, man. Heck you, yeah. You know what the music remember means? The, remember the dill pickle juice remember, you could buy there? Remember the, remember the, remember the cinnamon? <laughs> remember, remember, remember the, the dance star? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. As always, this is so much fun to do. So we really appreciate it. And I hope you chime in on your thoughts. Thanks, Captain Influence. Have a glorious week. We'll see you next week. Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.